Hi lovely people, it's Vish here. I'm a late diagnosed autistic and dyspraxic Indian woman living in London, excited to crack open the conversation of what it really means to be neurodivergent in the Indian community. Like many other Indian women, I've grown up around some pretty outdated family traditions that have categorically robbed me up the wrong way. And fast forward, I'm now 28 years old, learning about how to be my most authentic, autistic, embracing self. Join me every week as I unpack why neurodivergent women are so misunderstood, what's really going on in our heads and how the cultural expectations to shut up and get on with it can no longer run. In the midst of that, I hope to throw in the occasional therapeutic rant, a couple of funny stories and naturally some shameful exposés of my life. Grab a cup of jar and enjoy. Being someone that doesn't look autistic, I have found it so hard to unmask in front of my family since being diagnosed. I think a part of the struggle is to do with the fact that Indian women have an especially harder time unmasking because of the cultural and societal expectations placed on them. In Indian communities, the honour of the family is placed heavily on the shoulders of women in a way that men just do not have to bear. Every behaviour, personality trait and decision is therefore subject to scrutiny and it's because of this dynamic that women like myself can feel hesitant to be our true authentic, autistic selves. Join me as I share my experiences on how I understood masking growing up, the challenges all Indian women can face as a result of wanting to unmask, and the ways in which I prioritise my well-being amongst family members that don't have the emotional intelligence to embrace my autism. So, unmasking. For anyone that doesn't know what masking means, it's essentially when you change your behavior in order to fit in with others and not stand out. Sometimes this is a conscious decision, but it can also be something that you do completely without thinking. Therefore, unmasking is the act of shedding those behaviors used to conform to societal norms. To some extent, we all do this, but statistically speaking, that's so hard to say, statistically speaking, um, women are far more likely to camouflage their signs of autism because they haven't been able to access the same level of support as men, partly because we are just so good at hiding our autistic traits. Now, I know masking is traditionally understood within the context of neurodivergent people, but I think our Indian women have been doing this for years and years, way before it was ever articulated in relation to neurodivergent people. And I think we need to understand the pressures of unmasking within this context because we don't mask in isolation from our family and communities. In order for us to feel safe to unmask, I think we need to be in an environment conducive to being open to difference. And the truth is, I'm not sure how open the Indian community is in my experience. Growing up, I felt like I saw women mask all the time. And I would see exactly what would happen when they would, from time to time, unmask, so to speak. Like for many other communities, um, Indian women are more likely to take up traditional gender roles to the extent to which it can be a detriment to their well-being. Many of us will be familiar with traditional Indian family dynamics where mum takes care of the family and often citing happiness only when and if we are happy. I definitely saw my grandmother take on so much stress growing up because her happiness would be synonymous with the family's, out of being taught that her individual desires and wishes didn't matter. 
Then there's the pressures to be feminine and obedient. God forbid you get a pixie cut and there's always an expectation to be pleasant and smiling. Controversial opinions shouldn't ever be expressed, especially if it displays individuality. And then there's a bit on education. You must be educated, but not too educated because you must be married by your 20s. If you're not, then there must be something wrong with you. You've either become too Western or you can't hold down a husband. And then there's the pressures to be pretty and slim and light-skinned, but definitely not vain. Don't take any pictures of yourself and share on social media because that's suggestive. Be humble as if you are unaware of your beauty. There's just so many rules. It's so frustrating. And growing up as a teenager, an Indian teenager, you don't have the ability to critique what people say to you. You just absorb it, right? You're a child, you're still learning. But in practice, it just meant that I masked so much. Um, I didn't feel like the way that I was was okay. Um, And I'll give you some examples of this, right? So when I was 17, I remember that my aunt told me that my nose was too big. And that just shattered my confidence. I had no problems with my face before that point. And her just saying that just put me in a spiral. Um, There was also a time uh, where I dyed my hair. And I think I dyed it like a caramel blonde color. Anyway, it was hideous. But um, my uncle took it upon himself to call me a slag. He said that I looked like a slag anyway. Um, That was the color of slags, apparently. Um, And I remember I I was absolutely annihilated. Like, I just felt so defeated when I when I heard that because I being autistic I I couldn't comprehend the logic behind what he was saying how does the color of my hair correspond to my sexual activity um and then yeah when I was a little bit older those kind of comments stopped I guess but uh, I remember being told you know as I was graduating uni that I should definitely you know not focus too much on my career and make sure I put put aside time for kids in marriage. I think we've all been told that one. And because, you know, as a teenager, I didn't want to be going against the expectations of the people that I loved. I wanted to make them proud. Um, I masked. I masked an absolute ton. I hid the things that I liked. I didn't overemphasize, you know, the career that I wanted. Um, I absolutely didn't think I was pretty. Um... And I would overcompensate in my personality with confidence. Um, And I'd sometimes be really loud with people just so I could distract people with my personality. So they didn't think, so they didn't notice that I wasn't pretty. Like these were the things that were, you know, going through my head. So in that sense, I think so many women in our culture mask because of such backhanded, um, stupid comments on what we should look like and what we should be doing with our lives. Okay, so I know I have been banging on about the Indian patriarchy for some time now, so let me get to the punchline. I think that when we understand the context in which Indian women have been brought up in, we can do so much of a better job at understanding why women in our community will need more support to unmask. And I want to talk a little bit here about the collectivist mindset, which I think is a super helpful theory in understanding these dynamics. So the collectivist mindset is something that I think needs to be looked at in way more detail from a neurodiversity perspective, because it really helps shed light on why women cannot just be their true self. In my culture, women are encouraged to think about um, people's well-beings, people's feelings, 
um, the family's respect and honour before taking any actions. For example, I know this is a really silly example, but it's the only one I can think of right now. Um, If you want to buy a dress as a woman, you better make sure it doesn't reflect poorly on your family. So that means making sure there's no skin showing and it's a decent cut because if it's not, it will look like you're selling yourself and that dishonors your family. That sounds so mad to say out loud, but that's usually the chain of thinking that should occur when making a decision for a woman in my community. And this pretty much applies to everything from what haircut you choose to what partner you pick. And this is in direct contrast to the West, where there is a much greater focus on the individual and being true to yourself and your most authentic self. And because of that, there is a lot less focus on pleasing others. In fact, it's actually encouraged to go against the grain, because if you are pissing people off, you are probably a trailblazer and probably doing something right. Indians don't like trailblazers. No trails should be blazed. Cultures belonging to a collectivist mindset tend to believe that all your needs will be taken care of within the group that you belong to. Therefore, as long as you play your part within it, the system works. Unfortunately, that system doesn't lend itself very well to outliers like me and those that are neurodivergent, as our needs are essentially different to the groups. And the group doesn't have the mechanisms to embrace that difference. Within the Indian community, we still don't have the language that supports and validates the experience of autistic people and of anyone else that is neurodivergent. There isn't a word for sensory overload or masking. It is precisely because of this that autistic people have to be more selfish because the group can't meet our needs. And in my experience, that is something that people within our community definitely take offense to. I will give you an example of this, right? I was meant to see some family that live about 20 minutes away from me. It was an impromptu plan and I cancelled the day before because I was feeling burnt out from masking all week. Um, I gave them an excuse that I was physically unwell because I knew my actual reason wasn't going to hold up. And despite them cancelling on me very regularly in the past, they were fuming that I had cancelled on them. And I think this is really interesting because there are so many instances like this where Taking time for yourself is seen as selfish for a woman. I know that if I was a man, they probably wouldn't have had the same audacity to respond like that. And as a woman, you are very much expected to shut up and get on with it for the benefit of others. Nothing is ever that bad. And because of instances like this, I have found it incredibly uneasy masking in front of relatives. And I think because I've spent so many years being the mostly obedient Indian girl, Um, And the times that I have unmasked, it's gone very wrong and I've been misunderstood. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I just don't feel like I can do that so comfortably now. Um, So I know that it's going to be something that takes a lot longer for me. And I know you might say, well, you know, maybe you should give them a chance. Maybe they will understand if you explain your autism. And that is something that I have tried. Um... Some people in my family have taken it so well, and honestly, they are a godsend. Um, But unfortunately, those that don't understand really don't. Um, And I have told almost all my relatives now, but um, some of them have just given me a very skeptical reaction because I don't look autistic. And I think it's fair to say that Indians aren't the most expressive and communicative population. Um, And on top of that, they don't really value self-exploration. That's something that Western culture encourages. Things like therapy and counselling, inward understanding for the betterment of yourself and those 
relationships around you um, it just isn't something that's important to Indian people therefore telling some relatives that I'm autistic is to them seen as something unnecessary and self-indulgent I think on the outside world I look fine um, and they think because they've seen me fully functional while growing up um, you know what is the need for me to now start harping on about this so-called challenge that I have to grapple with and you know what sometimes um, I do wish that I looked more visibly autistic because that would mean I would have to stop constantly justifying myself and I know that's not a politically correct thing to say um, but I do feel like sometimes my ability to mask so well actually works to the detriment of me so much more than I thought and the reality is that the product of my autism is essentially under the surface, like an iceberg. When seeing family, I think um, I'm often spending a lot of time regulating my face and regulating my tone, making sure I sound respectful and, you know, just, you know, politely nodding my head to very eyebrow raising conversations. And it's tiring because they don't see the six to 10 hours of, you know, after I'm done with the event and I have to go home, where I sometimes get very tearful on how overwhelming the socializing can be. Um, my partner has often been baffled by all the occasions where I can look so happy and so excited and so, you know, I'm functioning so well at a social occasion. But then when I come home, I feel so completely drained and emotional. And it's not like I would stop doing these things. Uh, because I love them in the moment, but it takes a real sort of physiological, it takes, it has a very physiological impact on me um, after. Now, I know a lot of what I'm talking about may sound a little bit negative. Um, I'm not a negative Nelly, despite how this conversation is going. Um, so I'm going to hugely caveat this discussion by saying things do not have to be this way. And in fact, shedding light on why things are the way they are in the Indian community um, actually gives me a lot of hope on how I can stop participating in this traumatic cycle of constantly people pleasing and suppressing what's important to me. I have decided that I do want to unmask despite the challenges, because when I do, it feels like I experience life in a way that's just so much more rewarding. I can be so much more present and I can be just so much more, yeah, just bring my my thoughts and opinions and, and myself, my entertaining self to a situation um, without pretending. But here are my top three coping strategies that have really helped me in the context of my family and especially being someone that was late diagnosed. The first way is just say no. Okay, hear me out. Whenever you have those family events and gatherings where you just don't feel like you can be yourself um, and it's just completely taxing on you, just say no. If you're autistic like me, chances are you have JOMO, the joy of missing out. And I happily miss out on loads of events and I know people are mad at me for this, but that's completely okay. Their reactions are not on me um, and my well-being is not selfish. I'm starting to learn this. The second way is to take an ally with you. Contrary to all the problematic men in my family, my dad is actually so awesome and I would happily go with him to any event because he very easily gets fed up after a while 
and he has no problem in leaving if I want to. And your ally could be a friend, it could be a sibling or anyone for that matter. Um, but essentially, they're, they're someone that can give you a, a get out of jail free card. That's basically how I see it. They're very, very useful. Um, the third way is to bring your stimming tools. For you, that might be crayons, it might be headphones, it could be something to play with, or even your laptop. Um, essentially, anything that gives you a break from masking or allows you to mask less stressfully. Um, I know I used to be super self-conscious um, about looking childish and playing around with some of my toys while people were talking to me. But now I always take something, especially when I know I am going to have to mask a lot. And at the end of the day, it's no one's business. If it means you're getting a few funny looks, so be it. If it helps you get through your day comfortably, then it's worth it. Unmasking is definitely a journey, and while you cannot go on a crusade convincing everyone to update their views on what it means to be autistic or neurodivergent, you can control what situations you go into and how you prioritize your well-being. For many of us Indian women and so many other people that are struggling with cultural norms and societal expectations, it's definitely going to be a longer journey in comparison to our white neurodivergent peers, and that's okay. We are learning to unmask a lot more layers that go deeper than just being neurodivergent. If you have liked this episode, it would be super helpful if you could leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. I know all hosts ask for this and it's high key annoying, but in my case, the more reviews the show has, the easier it is for new listeners to find us and become anonymous contributors, which I'm hoping to incorporate in my next couple of episodes. Um, and if today's topic resonated, please tell a friend or an enemy Word of mouth marketing allows me to focus more time on our interesting conversations and less time on the stuff that you don't care about. It's so lovely talking to you and I will catch you on next week's episode. Bye.